So in the middle of the night, the other night, well, I, it's just, it's one of those stories where if you knew me and knew how my fingernails grow, my fingernails grow like weeds, as they say. I can cut my fingernails back to the very quick and literally before you can blink, they grow out long and strong and they're just, they're, it's really very re weird. My hair grows really fast. My nails grow, I mean, absolutely unusually fast. My daughter can trim my bangs and in about a week, they're about down to here. So I had cut my nails all the way back to the quick and my daughter said, mom, I want you to wear pretty nails on TV. And I'm like, mm -mm, no, no, I, I, I goofed it up. I don't want to polish them. I don't want to take the time. I just cut them back to the quick. She said, okay, get those little fake nails. Okay. For somebody else, it may be the greatest thought in the world. For me, it was bad idea number one. So we glued them all on and I went to bed that night. And we had quite a rainstorm, to be honest with you. And for some reason, I just, <laughs> I'm giggling at myself because it was so bad. I started tossing and turning and tossing and turning and just going everywhere. And I, I actually flicked one of the fake nails off. It went up in the air and it hit me in the face and I moved. And so I jumped up and I thought, oh my gosh, there's a spider in bed. It's a scorpion. It's a spider. It's a bug. And then, you know, of course your mind goes crazy. What if it's a mouse? What if it's an animal? What if... I looked at it and I went, it's a fake fingernail. I let something so innocent get so blown out of proportion that my mind ran... You know, remember that children's... Um, uh, what do you call it? Nursery rhyme. I never liked to read this to my children. I thought it was silly in so many ways. The dish ran away with the spoon. Well, they're runaways. So you see how quickly something can escalate and the dish runs away with the spoon. How quickly I went from, wow, it's raining hard outside to I flicked off a fake fingernail. It flung up in the air. It hit me in the face. And before you know it, I think there's a monster in the bed, right? I think there's a critter in the bed. I think there's a scorpion on my face. I think there's a brown recluse spider going to bite my face off. It's a fingernail. But I allowed my thinking to go so far ridiculous that the dish ran away with the spoon. We were taping television the other day and same thing. I did one of these and the glue came off and it flicked my fingernail up in the air. And when it flicked it up in the air, it landed on the ground. Richard looked at me and he thought I spit, which that could have happened. But he's looking all over like, what's wrong with you? No, no, no. Same fingernail. I became a fingernail flicking person. What does that mean? It means nothing. It has no value. Grab the glue, stick it back on, and end of story. But you see what happens is we allow the littlest of things. It's a mosquito. How in the world can a mosquito do that much devastation? I mean, try and weigh one. I don't even think they can weigh it. It's an eyelash. How can an eyelash in your eye do that much uh, distraction and even pain? How is that possible? Because Satan makes sure that he is very careful with the little things. You know how they say the devil is in the details? He's very careful about that. But are we careful enough when the devil gets in the details that we say, get thee behind me, Satan, you will not prevail. The number one distraction that I think comes against me personally is right there. Mine's on silent, put it away. There is a time that that thing is my best friend. And then it comes a time that that thing is my worst enemy. And we have to make a conscious decision, which is which. 
I like to use it to look up definitions. When I was looking up a couple of words that I'm going to get to in a minute, it was fantastic. I was thrilled to have uh, my Bible search on the phone and I looked up my Bible app and I went to Bible Gateway and I began to search and boom, there it was. And it was easy and it was convenient. However, while I was looking, there's 50 things coming up. Want to do this? You want to go there? Get this, win that. And I'm like, oh, please. All I wanted to do is look up one definition of a scripture. Second Chronicles 7.14, if my people call by my name, humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. See, there's some things that maybe we don't think are so wicked, but when we let them become distractions and then they become destructive and then they become devastating, we have to make those conscious decisions to stay right at the pinpoint of when it starts and say, no devil, no, 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 no. I'm not going to let it go that far. Overcoming stress. One of the big ways to overcome stress is get rid of the distractions. Now, if I did this and I held up my boot tree, what's the idea of my boot tree? Well, it's actually not even mine. I borrowed these. They're from my daughter. I didn't have boots this color, so my daughter loaned me her boots. And it was lovely. And she had these beautiful shoe trees. She's very organized and, and methodical, and she's neat and orderly and tidy. And so in the boot is the boot tree. But if I do this, tell me what you're staring at staring at the boot tree. The idea of the boots is so you pay attention to how great these boots are. But if I do this, you're not paying attention to the boots. You're paying attention to the wrong thing. How easy it is for Satan to make us pay attention to the wrong things. Now the shoe trees have a very essential purpose. You put the boot tree into the boot and before you know it, there you have it. You have the boot and the boot tree and it's lovely. But the focus should be on the boot, not the boot tree. But if Satan can make sure that we focus on the wrong thing. We start focusing on the wrong thing. What do you get? You get focused on the wrong outcome. My little cup of fake coffee says victory. We're on Victory Network. It used to be Believer's Voice of Victory. Now it's called the Victory Network. And they were doing a promotion for it. And, and they gave me this cup, the victory. There it is. It's, it's my coffee cup. Now watch what would happen. If I turned it this way, you don't know what it's about or where it came from or what it's focused on or anything about it. But when I turn it this way, it becomes very clear what they wanted to focus on. What you focus on will develop. I will remember that this is Victory, the Victory Network. It is my Victory Cup, and I pray for victory all day long. Don't you love that word? So I have the opportunity to think of fear and torment and defeat or victory. And I can turn it around and not pay any attention to victory at all in my life. I just have this blank space. Or... I can see victory every morning. I choose the victory. In my hand is one of my best companions, book-wise, so to speak. If you take a look at this, I'll, I'll flip it open. I'll show you. Okay, I wrote in my own calendar. Why? Because I know my days and I know what, what, what I need. And then over here, these are my notes to myself. And I'm working on a new book. And in the process of working on that book, let's see if I can find it, um, right there is some of my own notes and I'm crossing them out. Can you see over there? Oh, this one's my grocery list. This is my to-do list. And in this, oh, there's spiritual declarations every day. You see, this book keeps me organized. This is every book in the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. And while we're talking about Old Testament and New Testament in every book in the Bible, let me tell you something about these. What I want to do with every book in the Bible is talk about something specific of the personality of Jesus, the flavor of what God is trying to get us to see, the understanding of God, whatever is the essence of that chapter. So there it is. And I'm writing it down, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. 
It keeps me organized in a pattern to focus on something such as this rather than focusing on something I don't have any business being distracted by. Now, this was me in the middle of the night last night. I got up. I'm going to show you what happened. Throughout the day, I was having this huge conversation with Richard. And the Lord kept saying this to me, and he said, write that down. Righteous revelation requires righteous response. Righteous revelation requires righteous response. When God gives us righteous means right relationship with God. When we are praying, when we're humbling ourselves, do you know what humble, if my people call by my name, humble themselves means? means take yourself and your personality out of the equation. We have an election coming up, and we have a righteous revelation if we'll listen to God. And that will require righteous response. We can vote our personality. We can vote because we like somebody's hair. We can vote because we like the accent that they sound like. We can vote because we think they're this and we think they're that. But my Bible talks about leadership. And one of the things that righteous revelation leads to is what does the Bible say about it? Well, when you're in right standing with God and you're listening to the things God is saying, you're not distracted by other things that Satan himself is throwing your way. So you think this and we respond that way and we hear this and, oh, I don't want to do that. And I'm going to vote this way and I'm going to react this way. And that is Satan throwing every possible distraction our way. But what does righteous revelation mean? It means when God gives us a revelation about his righteous book, the Bible, and we humble ourselves, remove ourselves from the equation and pray, God promised that we would hear from heaven and he would heal our land. What do you hear from heaven? Well, I hear words like life and life more abundantly. I hear words like celebration of life rather than the opposite alternative. I hear words like Israel. We can look through all of the Old Testament and come right up to this day, but it says those who bless Israel, I will bless. And if you curse Israel, I will curse that which is doing the cursing. That's pretty serious. If my people call by my name, humble themselves and pray. It is time for us to get into a righteous revelation. Listen to what God is telling us to do. Listen to what God is telling us to do. Take our opinion. Take our gospel according to what I think. I have a friend who's one of the most successful human beings on this earth. Makes a ton of money. Very successful. Voted least likely to succeed in her high school superlatives. Wow, did they miss it. So instead of being one of those least likely to succeed and everybody jumping on that, they miss dating her, they miss maybe marrying her, they miss being friends with her because they listened to the wrong thing and they got distracted by something that was not right. But if we'll listen to what God says about Israel, about what God wants, about God blessing America, one nation under God who is serving God in a righteous way, trusting God, believing God. I'm not worried about how they talk or what they do or the color of their hair or this or that. That's not what God said. But he said, watch for people to honor life. Watch for people to honor Israel and watch what God does. If we'll take ourselves out of the equation, even in voting, even in praying for somebody else, even in friendships, and we'll put God in that equation, righteous revelation will give us the right results. If you're enjoying this Place for Miracles podcast, please subscribe and rate us. It helps spread the healing message. And remember, we want to pray for your needs today. Go to oralroberts.com prayer or call the prayer group at 918-495-7777. 
and let us know your prayer request. Expect a miracle today.